Okay, well, it is good to be back. Welcome, everybody. It's good to see everyone here. Welcome those listening online. Um, it uh, feels like I've been gone a lot longer than just one Shabbat. But we were at a... Uh, we're at the Messiah Conference, so let me give you a quick explanation of what that is. These guys love to throw conferences. It's a fun time, generally. Um, Messianic Judaism really can fall under the umbrella of two organizations. We've heard these acronyms many times. The UMJC, the MJAA, and both groups love to put on conferences for different varying reasons. Now, the two groups are not mutually exclusive. For example, Tikvat Yisrael in Cleveland that Amber and I went and visited back in January, they have two rabbis there, a head rabbi and an associate rabbi. The head rabbi is Rabbi Eric Lakatos. The associate rabbi is Rabbi Elliot Katz. Rabbi Eric Lakatos was ordained by the MJAA, and Rabbi Elliot Katz was ordained by the UMJC yet they serve the same community at the same shul. And so even though there are these two groups, these two acronym names, you know, the Union of Messianic Jewish Congregations, the UMJC, and the MJA, the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America, there's a lot of overlap. There's still a lot of, they're still very much connected. Anyways, a week and a half ago, last week-ish, the week of 4th of July, we were in Pennsylvania for the Messiah Conference. Wonderful, I got so many stories, so much stuff to unpack. Their Torah service was awesome. Must have been a 1,000 people there, 10 Torah scrolls going all over the place. It was something to behold, to tell you the truth. Very important, very helpful for me. There was lots of classes and workshops. I took lots of notes. There was lots of uh, people, lots of uh, networking that I did. Um, um, lots of entertainment there. Everyone from uh, Marty Getz to Joshua Aaron to Jonathan Kahn. It was pretty, it was a really packed week, and it ended with a little detour when our flight got canceled in Philadelphia. Even that was a pretty cool little post-vacation vacation for a few days. So it was an adventure. It's important to me to kind of go through that. I think it's important to our ministry, and also, ultimately, even more important, it should be something that is important to you. Very simply, the trip's important to me just because on a practical side, I get, to new, I get some new ideas, I learn some new concepts, I have access to more material, plus there's a lot of great spiritual nourishment and growing. I get to meet these rabbis who've been doing this for decades, and they, uh, they pray for me and encourage me and give me help. So, very, you know, just for myself, very helpful. More important than that, though, it's very important to our ministry. Being connected um, to this Messianic Jewish movement in a proper way is really a reflection of what we read about, like, for example, in the book of Acts in the first century. The communities there, of course, I mean, you read in the King James, they call them churches, but, I mean, that's a bit, there weren't really churches back then. Christianity hadn't even developed into its own thing and broke off. Back then, the, there were synagogues or home groups, and really, um, what they were practicing was just another sect of Judaism. Paul's was a little bit unique, and that in their synagogues, they didn't require all the Gentiles to convert, but yet they still encouraged them to practice Judaism, a little bit innovative. But all those groups, the, uh, what are called, the communities maybe is a better word, in Ephesus or Rome or Galatia, 
they all weren't just uh, standalone shuls. They were all connected. Paul's going and visiting them all, collecting collections from them, bringing them back to the home congregation in Jerusalem. They're passing letters all around to each other, common letters. There's other teachers and visitors going back and forth. It's a network of connected Messianic synagogues in the first century. They were connected in teaching and provision. They were connected in spirit and in love. And that sort of network that you've seen a couple thousand years ago is really there once again. And I believe that's a work. Well, let me save that for a minute here. I'll just close this part of it down saying it's important to our ministry because simply that we're connected like that original network of synagogues in the first century. It's important to our ministry on many different levels, which I will probably touch on in the coming weeks and months. But why should any of this be important to you as an individual? And that is because this is, as you read in our literature, an end-time move of the Lord. And anyone sitting in this room or listening to this online probably has an interest in that. Now, I suppose one might argue that any expression of the body of Messiah could be understood as an end-time move of the Lord. But what makes the Messianic Jewish movement a little different is their perspective on it, because the Messianic Jewish movement still sees Israel as the recipient of the uh, blessings and promises of the Lord, not something that has been sort of taken from them and placed on another body. Let's turn to uh, Romans chapter 11. We're going to read, if you don't want to, I don't have a page number for you. I'm just going to read a few couple verses. I want to give you something to think about, something that I'm going to be talking about in the coming months, about this end time movement of the Lord. Romans chapter 11, of course, Romans is a, there's a lot there. Romans chapter 11, Paul is trying to get everyone to get along because there's a little bit of strife going on there. Romans 11, I think I'm going to start in verse 11. Romans 11, 11 begins like this. Oh, man, that's why it didn't make sense. I was on Acts 11. <laughs> okay, Romans 11, 11. This looks a little better. Paul says, if I say then, did they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be. He's talking about his Jewish brothers and sisters here. But by their false step, salvation has come to the Gentiles to provoke Israel to jealousy. Now, if their transgression leads to riches for the world and their loss, riches for Gentiles, and how much more their fullness. So here we can see that Paul's not just anticipating um, his fellows, Jewish brothers and sisters stumbling. He's imagining the full, he's imagining them coming back around. But I'm speaking to you who are Gentiles, insofar as I'm an emissary to the Gentiles, I spotlight my ministry, if somehow I might provoke to jealousy my own flesh and blood, uh, and save some of them, for if their rejection leads to the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? So Paul is anticipating that there'll be acceptance among his Jewish brothers and sisters at some point. Um, jump ahead to verse 25. The mystery revealed, it says in this, that's a little title. I love these little titles in here. Romans 11.25 says, For I do not want you, brothers and sisters, to be ignorant of this mystery, lest you be wise in your own eyes, that a partial hardening has come upon Israel 
until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And in this way, all Israel will be saved. As it is written, the deliverer shall come out of Zion. He will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. Amen. Well, what is this fullness of the Gentiles? Because it sort of seems like it has some end time implications. Thankfully, Yeshua speaks about this as well. Turn to, this will be the last reading for this morning, Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21, we also get a little peek into the fullness of the Gentiles from the words of our master. Luke chapter 21, let's see here, verse 10, he's beginning in this stretch here, he's teaching in the temple and he's telling his followers about some of the very terrible things that they're going to have to go through. And he continues here, Luke 21.10 says, Then he continued telling them, Nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes along with famines and epidemics in various places. And there will be terrors along with great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will grab you and persecute you, handing you over to the synagogues and prisons, leading you away to kings and governors on account of my name. Many of the uh, apostles suffered through many things similar to this. This will lead you to be a witness, so make up your minds not to prepare ahead of time to defend yourselves, for I myself will give you speech and wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute, but you will be handed over even by parents, brothers, and relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death, and you will be hated by all because of my name, yet not a hair um, of your head will be lost by your endurance. You will gain your souls. Okay. There's some hope there. <clears throat> Verse 23, down just a paragraph. Woe to those who are pregnant, because he's, again, talking about Jerusalem being surrounded and that our desolation is near. It says, woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. There'll be uh, great distress in the land and wrath on his people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into all the nations. Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Once again, it seems like there's a time of the Gentiles that has to be fulfilled and ended. One of the workshops I went to this weekend, uh, Rabbi Michael Wagant of Rosh Pina Messianic Congregation in Oklahoma City spoke on this subject. When you look at Luke 21 here and that verse 24 that Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles. That happened when um, Jerusalem was destroyed 2,000-ish years ago. That began the time of the Gentiles. And it is Rabbi Michael's opinion um, that the time of the Gentiles ended, in part, it's a process, but it ended in 1967 after the Six-Day War when Jerusalem was reunified. It's sort of like Yeshua at some point in the first part of this verse has an eschatological timer and he pauses it for 2,000 years. And in 1967, he unpaused it. And once again, it seems as if the, the end time clock is ticking again. And it sort of seems like those in the spiritual realm kind of are getting, uh, are aware of this when you realize some of what you see these days with uh, lawlessness abounding and so much confusion in the world and good 
being called evil and evil being called good. I mean, it just you can sense that there is some sort of spiritual force behind so much of this stuff, which is something Jonathan Kahn talked about as well. Save that for another day. But it's all for his glory, because if we continue reading here in verse 27, 27 it says, And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, stand straight and lift your heads, because your salvation is near. That is what we are to do, is stand up straight and lift our heads, even in the face of what we see coming, um, because the end is near, and all will be done for his glory. People are waking up. Not only are people embracing iniquity, but people are waking up on coming in these doors and emailing, calling. People are beginning to wake up and see, uh, seek his ways. That's how all of us got here, was we are waking up seeing him, seeking his ways, seeking a deeper understanding. They're seeking a closer relationship with God. They're seeking to understand the Hebrew language better so that they can understand their Bibles better. But what they're also going to find here is a connection to other Messianic synagogues. They're going to find a place, like in the first century, where once again there's this network of uh, communities that share in spirit and in love. And in this Messianic Jewish movement, we share also in spirit and truth and hope of the resurrection. We share in the hope of the kingdom, of course. And we share in the hope of that King Yeshua. May our King Yeshua, return soon and in our days. Shabbat Shalom.